0: Hello and welcome to Judge Cast. This is Sean Catanese from Sacramento, California.
1: I'm Ricky Hayashi, I'm out of the loop. I didn't get a text about this. I had to pry the information on
2: our recording session to, to be from to, Sean. To be fair, I sent Sean the text because he scared me into not sending you texts. Well, who are you? Oh. <laughs> right.
0: <laughs> Intro. Okay.
2: I'm Jose Bovida, the, the, the small guy of the group. Small guy of the group, come on. Only level one. And now now with Ricky leaving, how many level threes do we have in Northern California?
0: <laughs> well, actually <laughs> That's something we should actually talk about, huh? We have we will I'm have zero massive. active level threes. In Northern California. In going Northern from California. Right. Oh, that's right. In the whole state, in fact. Because in Southern California, they have to import the L3 from, what, Las Vegas? Oh, yeah.
2: That's true. That's true. The the,
0: the L3 working there. Yeah. Ray comes across the border from Las Vegas. Right. So
1: we should tell you that this is a podcast about Magic the Gathering and judging. And we're talking about level three judges in California. Mm -hmm. George, Sean will pronounce the last
0: name. right. Giannakis. If you want me to spell it, I can probably do that too. So there. Mm -hmm. I am so glad
1: I witnessed you <laughs> say that word. George M. Right. To to the rest of us is, is still level three, but he's in grad school at Stanford. Right. And I understand that that's a difficult school.
2: Um, Stanford?
1: Yeah. yeah right and maybe you've heard about it. I hear things
2: about that. that so
1: he's a little busy for judging right now. I'm moving to Virginia, mm-hmm. uh, which would have
0: left Jeff Morrow. But That's Jeff Morrow is no longer an L3. That's right. Yeah, poor guy. As a poor guy. <laughs> you don't know how true that is. Yeah, I, I did
1: talk
2: to him today. He's like, oh my gosh, you won't believe how much work I have to do now. <laughs> he's he's, a, he's an awesome guy. Uh, hey. you know, working under him, it, it's always been a pleasure. So you know, couldn't hey. happen a no better guy.
0: Right. So he's leveled up to level four now. Jeff Morrow as of Grand Prix San Juan. Not Grand Prix San Juan. Pro Tour San Juan.
2: Yeah, He'll delete that part.
0: Right. I'll cut that part out. <laughs> But uh, Pro Tour San Juan, Jeff leveled up along with a whole bunch of other L 3s up of to L four. Yeah, four L fours all at once, which is pretty huge. Yes, it's a pretty momentous occasion. And then we also had a bunch of level threes finally promoted um, in at San Juan. Especially, I want to give a shout out to Nick Sabin because he's one of your compatriots now at Star City, the the football coach. i'm sure he'd love to hear that he gets that all All the time time, yeah which is why i think he
1: usually goes prefers to go by nicholas
0: right so nick over at uh at star city games has now leveled up he's now in l3 and uh, i'll be hopefully working for that outfit in december or not december in denver (laughs) December (laughs) in denver at uh the 10K weekend they've got coming up in August. You could work for us in December. Yeah, if I you, recall, that's the oh, final that's, invitational tournament. Yeah. In Virginia, yeah. If you I can. can
1: even stay on my couch.
2: If I have a couch. Ricky's going to be sleep. His couch is going to be in his trunk. Right. So fair De- warning.
0: It depends on where you're living at that point. But uh, yeah, that sounds like sounds like it might be worth going out to Virginia for that giant event out there. Of course, there are a lot of other big events coming up soon. Know there's a big 5K down in San Jose at the end of the month here. Really? Yeah, I'll be there for that. We got a PTQ this weekend. That is the first PTQ in almost two years for me to play in.
2: Wow. Yeah. What, 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 what do you know? What you're slinging over there? Oh, I don't want to ruin the suspense. What's, what's the fun? <laughs> It's okay. There's no suspense. Right. I just want to you know. It's,
0: it's, it It's well, it's standard. I'll probably be playing something blue white controlish.
2: Uh, isn't that's on everybody's radar, though?
0: It is, but I just do it better. Oh, right. that's why it's on everybody's radar. Actually, I'm, I'm probably well. You see, fail Jose,
2: <laughs> if
0: you're not very good at magic, like why stray <laughs> from the mainstream deck? Yeah, why? Why really attempt to innovate if you know you're going to lose anyway? <laughs> I
2: I think uh, I, I have an answer to that. <laughs> you know, because I think it's the journey, the journey that. Uh, Unless I, you actually want money or, I'm or prizes, actually, or I'm
0: actually running journey to nowhere. Which is where, where
2: you going? You going nowhere,
0: right? Just I'm,
1: because everyone else also realizes that Gideon Jura is a good card doesn't mean you can't play it. Anymore. Yeah. Like, so, why would you want to go with an inferior choice to Gideon? Just cause, like, oh, it's mainstream.
2: No, no, I, I have I have no problems with Gideon. he, he is quite the
0: beating. Well, we started off talking about some of the leveling up that was going on among judges. Yeah,
2: you only
1: mentioned your, your close friends or whatever.
0: The, well, the people that I know. But yeah. you know more of the names here. So tell me who, who else leveled up here because I can't remember all the names from the announcement. Oh, I didn't print it out.
1: Goodness, uh, Level three, Nicholas. Not to,
0: not to put you on the spotter.
1: Nicholas Savin,
2: His Paul, mind is like a steel trap. Paul okay. Smith
1: from mm-hmm. England and Matteo from Italy. So Italy mm-hmm. continues to just go bonkers. That's right. Um,
2: Do we have any
0: of our Spanish rivals that are uh, leveling up also at San Juan? Not to my knowledge. Okay. Uh, Level four, uh, we had
1: Nick Sefton from England. Author of the
0: communications guideline.
1: Yeah, you're a big fan of.
0: Yes, absolutely.
1: Uh, Adam Shaw, one of my closest friends. Loki, an awesome, awesome guy. Yeah, he is the web designer for DCI Family, a mm-hmm. website which
0: continues to grow. That's going to be his sphere of influence, is my guess. Yeah. Yes, yes. He's the technology expert. Uh, and the fourth
1: for... Why am I blanking on this one? Steel Trap. <laughs> steel Trap. Steel,
2: the steel Trap. The one caught in the teeth. No, we mentioned Jeff.
1: Um,
0: oh, that's right, we mentioned
1: oh, Jeff. Oh, Jurgen, of course. Jürgen from Belgium, because they, you know, that that is, Belgium has been um, a hotbed of judging lately, mm-hmm. and Jürgen is really, he's pretty amazing. Um, I have worked with him at, at a couple of events, and he's just, I don't know what his sphere of influence will be, but I, we could just call it being awesome, maybe. So that was the excitement that happened at The Pro Tour. None of us were there. None of us were there. What were you doing, Sean?
0: For the Pro Tour, I was probably staying at home cleaning house or something like that. Something exciting. Sean's house is the cleanest house I've
2: ever been in. Not
0: really. I'm sure you've been in cleaner houses. But um, that's more banter. Anyway, Jose,
2: what could have possibly kept you away from the Pro Tour? Uh, The the wads of money that a, a ticket to San Juan costs. Mm. The lack of knowing anyone in San Juan, so I'd have to put up for a hotel and stuff like that.
0: One other thing I wanted to mention was, I, I alluded to it briefly with do, asking you, Ricky, if any of our Spanish uh, rivals had leveled up. Um, but I, there's another war brewing between regions of the DCI. Um, and Why does everyone call it a war? Well, because you started off calling it a war. No, I didn't. Who called it a war then? Not me. Well, somebody called it a war. Well, anyway. What would
2: you call it? It's a competition. It's not a yeah. war. Yeah,
0: competition. But because it's between nations. A race,
2: maybe. <laughs> a race. Yeah.
0: But because it's between nations and it's a competition between nations, we don't call it the Olympics. We call it a war. <laughs> so anyway. A special Olympics, maybe. Well, maybe. Anyway, we have um, right now this competition ongoing between Spain and California to get to 75 total judges is the the goal for this. And, you know, I granted, I need to keep track of that better anyway. That's the competition between California and Spain here. And with you leaving us, um, is the competition now called off or please? No. Okay. So it's going to keep going. You're going to leave. And I think it was, you mentioned that Toby said that, you know, you're going to actually leave and leave the state down one L three, and we're still going to beat them. Sure. Okay. I I will handicap my own cause. Okay. Just to show how awesome I am. Fantastic. Well, so you guys are. <laughs> as the case may become right now. Does that mean that you're still the beneficiary when we win, as far as dinner goes?
1: If if you would like to transfer
0: transfer responsibility, the wager, uh. you may do so. I need to think about that and whether or not I'm actually headed to a pro tour near Spain sometime soon because I want to be able to collect in a dinner with paella if I'm going. But, you know, I'm not sure that that'll be the case if I'm...
2: Spanish food has got to be the best food ever.
0: Yeah, it's pretty damn tasty. It's a good motivator.
2: It it, it is. is.
0: So this other competition now that started up just the other day on IRC is between um, a very fabulous L2 down in texas and kevin Binswanger, and basically us his screen name sean anusian
1: well, pronounce it differently than i would
0: <laughs> so kevin is is out there in texas uh trying to grow the community of judges there and he's also i think attached louisiana to his group in this in this ongoing competition i didn't agree to that just like texas I think,
2: annexing louisiana <laughs> Kick a older down.
0: You don't mess with Texas. That's all they have to say about that. I'm sure that's what they say to
2: everything. That's right. just you know everything. You know you shouldn't double park. Oh, don't mess with Texas. <laughs> 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 what, what do you mean? It's the law. We'll make our
0: own law. You know, but I'm I'm actually rooting for Kevin in this mm. um, because I, having worked with him before, um, and he he and I got along really well at uh, San Diego, and you know it's he, he's an awesome awesome judge. I really really appreciate. Uh, what he the sort of feedback that I got from him, and um, I really hope that he does well. And his war here is with. There you go again. War. His competition is against Northern Europe. So I mean, you, you, you Texas versus <laughs> the Vikings? It's the Cowboys versus the Vikings. Yes, it, <laughs> it, it's actually um, Norway, Sweden, and Denmark. Um, Isn't that just Scandinavia? Yeah. Well, yeah, but it's they're calling it Northern Europe, so I'll call it Northern Europe. Okay, so, so what's the competition? So, well, it's who can get to 50 combined levels of judge first. And now the competition there is basically to grow the community and be able to say, you know, we have judges in all these stores. We have judges at all these places where people can now go someplace and, and know that their tournament that they're going to is – more likely to be officiated by a certified judge when that happens um, the quality of play goes up um, the quality of the play experience for those players goes up and it really um... it helps you know the game be played more consistently it helps um, you know people enjoy themselves more that's hopefully what judges are bringing to that
2: um, that's what they should be bringing
0: right exactly so that's what we're looking for um... and that's uh... this competition now, of course i didn't start this it's between kevin and northern europe but um, you know, it, it, I think it was inspired in part by by Ricky's um, competition with David de la Iglesia in Spain.
2: Now, do you know the like, relative populations here? Because like, well, Spain and California are yeah, pretty see, close. Yes,
0: I did my research. Right, That's actually one thing that they tried to work out was, okay, how many judges are, do they have starting out? And what's their relative population? Um, you know, of course, area, you have a lot of…
2: City dis- density. Right, and,
0: city density. You've got problems with Northern Europe being… You know, you've got a lot of ocean to traverse. You've got, you know, it's a little different than Texas where you've got a lot of land to traverse, a lot of Texas to traverse, but it's still, you Both know. Both
2: very perilous. Right, it,
0: exactly. Um, And actually, you know, Looking at the two, um, you could see go through the whole negotiations that they had online here at IRC and how they worked it out. Really? Um, yeah, there's a whole whole list of like the things that they talked about saying. Okay, well, do we include, you know, do we include Louisiana or not? Do we include, you know, this L L three over here and this L three? Well, he's not actually active anymore, so how do we account for all of this? They worked it out and decided, you know, that's about right. Um, and I think it's again the same wager as dinner at a pro tour. Um, at the next one that they're both going to um, after they accomplish this goal, so that's just one more, one more you know, way that the program's developing with friendly competition, which sometimes so gets called war. So Sean, Sean is <laughs> which for <is>
1: sometimes the, <laughs> called war. Sean is for the Cowboys here. Uh huh. Who are huh. you rooting for? Now,
0: I now th- I say this I, I say this strangely because I am at heart a 49ers fan.
2: Oh, okay.
0: All my life. Um, but I will root for the Cowboys in this instance because they're not really the Cowboys. It's, it, it's Kevin and how they, how they run things in Texas for the DCI. That's the funny because as a Green Bay Packers fan, I'm rooting for the Vikings on this one. <laughs> as
1: long as Brett Favre doesn't unretire and become a level one judge. That, <laughs> that would be Denmark. awesome.
0: <laughs> wow. Wow. That is strange.
1: But we've got Andreas uh, Jepsen from Denmark and mm-hmm. Tobias Feliander from Sweden. Yes. Are the two, two primary movers out there.
0: Right, right. And you, you see them all the time on IRC also. Championing their causes.
1: So you got to break the tie, Jose. Who, who is uh, Judge Cast going for? Well,
0: see, he hasn't met Andreas. He hasn't met Kevin. I, this is going to be a tough call for him. I don't know I, that he has has any standing to really make that choice. Sean is answering the question for me. Oh no 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 no. Answer
2: it yourself. No, well, uh, I I you're right. I haven't I haven't met either one. Uh, you know, my my naive uh thrust is to go with the states. So, mm-hmm. but um but I withhold my vote until uh uh either or, or both of them uh treat me to their respective cultural dishes. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) I (laughs) am open uh, for Texas. He's he's offering
0: bribes of Texas barbecue or uh,
2: fish uh, from
0: from Northern Europe. Okay. Well, um, best of luck with that.
2: And combine them barbecue, fish.
0: Moving on to our (laughs) mailbag.
2: What? Waiting for the sound. Moving on
0: to our mailbag. (coughs) Mailbag. Oh. Mail time. There we go. All right. Now we can go on to the mailbag. God, I thought you were just gonna splice it in.
2: Yeah. No, I've decided
0: against that. This is more fun.
2: Well, yeah, we got to take advantage while while Ricky's still here. <laughs> and and might I add that like every email was Ricky, don't leave JudgeCast. So
0: oh, a lot of the time, yeah, it is. It is. That's that's one of the most common refrains we hear. But we're gonna we're gonna keep going after Ricky leaves, uh, regardless. So. With that, uh, this email comes from Brendan in Philly.
2: I hear they have good cheesesteak. That's, yes. I, I, hear, I
1: hear they perfect games at the Marlins. <laughs> <laughs>
2: I hate the Phillies.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's enough banter. Moving on.
1: Hey, that's enough sports banter. You mean yeah. you yeah. don't know what we're talking about? But the Marlins and the Phillies. I play have
2: golf. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> Croquet's
2: a sport. No, I, Is that I, it? I,
0: actually, I don't play golf. I'm more likely to play baseball than golf. But anyway, um, Brendan in Philly has a question. It says, "Hi, Judge Cast. I have a question that came up wow. at a at a side event at Grand Prix Washington D.C." I was in the finals of a win a box tournament, and the previous round had taken forever, so my opponent and I decided to ID and then split the prizes. However, the total first and second combined prize was an odd number of packs. My opponent wanted to roll a die for the final pack, but I was admittedly leery of using a die at a magic table in any capacity. My opponent assured me that we were okay since the die was not being used to determine the outcome of the match, but I was uneasy. My thought was, because we didn't report the ID yet, that's the intentional draw yet, it was conceivable from a judge's perspective that either of our desires to ID was related to the die roll. My opponent was a gentleman and offered me the extra pack when I expressed this uneasiness when we went up to report, the judge offhandedly asked how we determined how to split the prize. My question is, was I right to be worried in this particular situation?
2: Well, number one, erring on the side of caution is always always a, a good idea. I approve that instinct. Yeah, that's, that's a good thing. We stress that, especially last episode, we stress that repeatedly, and, and it's a good thing that people err on the side of caution.
0: Sure, sure, and, you know, using this as, you know, the die roll at the end of a match, at the end of a tournament, yeah, that's basically if you're pulling out your dice for any reason, I always just just think twice about that. Yeah. Uh, but specifically in this case, because they had already agreed to that, mm-hmm. I can see that that would probably not be a problem. Yeah. The thing is, they hadn't turned it in, they hadn't reported it yet. And if a judge is watching that happen, I would see that the judge responding to that and watching that You you have this this sort of magnetism that dice at the end of a round, or dice at the, you know, unless it's at the beginning of a round. So I can see a judge responding to this situation and thinking, you know, yeah, you're about to improperly determine the winner of a
2: match. (laughs) And flying in and saying, stop! Absolutely. Uh, I don't don't know. I think, I I would think it's fine. Any judge comes by and, and they say, yeah, we're IDing and rolling for the extra pack. Well, that's fine,
0: but they're in the final, so. Right now, that's that's another question here. I mean, you know, they're they're in the finals of. I I don't know if it's single elimination at this point, or if it's just that they're the last two in Swiss. Um, However, they're going to set that up. Is you know that's that's up to them, Um, or that's up to the tournament organizer rather. yeah, I, I just don't see this ending well when you bring the die <laughs> at the end of the match. I, it, I would it. have gone with the King Solomon approach with the extra pack. Because oh, I you have, just take a
1: pair I of scissors always, pack
2: and cut it in I now. have always <laughs> wanted
1: to try to cut through a pack of magic cards
0: with the paper cutter that we used to cut the result slips.
2: You oh. could probably do it. Yeah, and you could totally do you know, that, that. And has then you open me. the pack right. and you're like, no! Oh, get <laughs> we we should totally do that you know I, I
0: still have this guttural instinct against um, cutting
2: or destroying magic cards we'll it's still a really hard thing for me to do are, are you kidding it happened it happened to me actually it's a funny story uh mm-hmm. I was, was hanging yeah I was hanging out with a, a bunch of friends and um we we brought over a product it was kind of late at night you know beer may have been involved but um so we were drafting and, uh, you know, I guess friendly or borderline friendly banter was going around the table. And one of my friends was sort of, uh, I'm leaving their names out uh, mm-hmm. to protect the innocent. Um, so one one of my friends was kind of ragging on another one, uh, kind of making fun of him. He was a younger player, but he was really good at magic, but still like kind of, you know, uh, uh, jabs here and there. So at, at some point, the kid grabbed packs And started opening them and sight unseen tearing the rare, which was the last card in the pack, Uh tearing the rare in half and throwing it in the middle of the table. (laughs) I I don't know what it is. Everybody tears up magic cards in my presence. I really don't like that. I don't don't like that either. But uh, I I did get a a lovely top half of a time stop out of it. Okay. Great, great, great art. Uh Scott Fisher, he's an alumnus of of mine. So I burned a magic card once for fun or profit
0: this sounds really really depressing guys
1: i lost to erratic explosion on magic online which deals damage you you know you flip cards off the top it's a tough way to lose because you know i think it hit for something really big right when it shouldn't have um so i got mad and found a a paper erratic explosion and went outside and burned it (laughs)
2: It would have been more thematic if you like, you know, stuck a firecracker onto the back. Said, "Take this sucker."
1: Uh, don't try it at home because magic card glue stinks yeah.
0: when you burn it. Yeah, don't don't just don't burn cards in general. Don't destroy cards in general.
2: I hate and that. and and the stuff tastes really bad too. Okay, okay. This conversation is going to a really dark place. Let's stop. <laughs> <laughs> it's so, time to
0: stop now.
2: So so, so the, the answer Brandon, to the back question. to
0: Brandon's question. Okay. Now, I mean.
2: I don't know you what you're
0: so worried about.
2: Yeah, I, I I I wouldn't I wouldn't worry about it at all if, if just, a judge comes right, by. Oh my says,
1: god, you rolled a die like it, it,
2: this it was is why wild. this is why we investigate. Like, they would there would hey roll guys, a die what, to what decide who goes first, you know. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, that exactly. that would be my my first reaction. I think it's fine. I applaud the instinct though.
0: That's that's yeah. Okay. And and you know, I Yes, I'm not, of course I'm not going to give somebody a penalty for this. I'm not going to say, you know, yes, you're improperly determining winner, but it just looks so much like it, and you know, putting a judge through that kind of stress about going through. Okay, great, yes, about to ruin somebody's day here. He thought he was about to win a box. Now he's going to go home unhappy.
2: I, I think you know? I I agree with Sean in in a sense. I think it's stressful when you have to when you know they they messed up, and you have to just ruin their day, you know. But. Okay. uh but yes, I applaud the instinct, but no, uh, dice isn't used to determine the outcome. You're not randomly determining a winner. You very specifically decided to ID, so uh, – or it's not even an ID. Right, one person's drop. One person drops, yeah. We talked about that last time, but but yeah.
0: No, you're fine. Just make sure that you know, you're real clear on this and that you're not all of a sudden changing your story to right. say,
2: oh, no, we were just trying to decide who gets that last
0: pack or – We were trying to decide who, you know, gets to go get lunch for the other person. You know, we're, you know. Yeah, don't make up fishy stories.
2: Honesty is the best policy. (sighs) Well, go Marlins. Okay. If only I could use a dye to make people get lunch for me. (laughs) Are you kidding? You were were eating Chick-fil-A here, and I had to, like, sit there and and look at you, doe-eyed, you know, hoping that, that something fell off your plate. Could have gotten some food. No way. I had to rush over here. I had to rush over here, too. Let's move on to our next question. Sean is the one that didn't rush.
0: No, Sean didn't. I got. I was driven over here. Oh. So this message comes from somebody that sent you the question, Ricky, and you forwarded it on to our JudgeCast inbox, uh, but I don't have their name anywhere. What? That's kind of awkward. Well, here's the question, and if you recognize it, congratulations. Your question got on the air. Um, Stop sending questions to my personal email. Just send it to judgecast at (laughs) gmail.com. Judgecast at gmail.com. Okay. This is the question here. Um, If I gain control of my opponent's Tuk Tuk the Explorer with domestication, and Tuk Tuk is later destroyed, under whose control does the resulting 5-5 token enter the battlefield? My guess is that I get the 5-5, since I believe I control tuk Tuck's triggered ability, even though it triggers upon entering its owner's graveyard.
1: I don't so. even know why I get questions like this. <laughs> Cause I mean, yes,
0: I'm a public. You're a celebrity,
1: but there are quicker ways to get the answer to
0: this, <laughs> like Gatherer, <laughs> or IRC, or Judge Cast. Even is probably a faster way of or, getting or any yes. of the Magic forums have right. a question and answer. Well, good, but this this question—I mean, it's a valid question. It's yes, a, it's a, it a commonly is. misunderstood that interaction. You know, I've, I saw this just last Friday night when two players were playing an EDH game, and somebody's uh, somebody had controlled somebody else's uh, academy rector, and it died, and they wanted to know well, who gets to, to go search for an enchantment. Right. You know, it's it's the same sort of thing.
2: No, it's funny you should mention EDH because uh, uh, some people like to take control of the general. Mm-hmm. And find a way to kill it in order to control the, the the replacement effect that that would either send it to the command zone or not. Mm. But uh, with uh, EDH specifically, the right. rule is the owner yeah. gets to decide, not not the controller. Ew. Right. Well, it, it would be kind. Of, uh, you know, it'd be kind of nasty if you can take control of the general and just sack it to something, and you yeah. say, "Okay, that's that's." Uh, it's, you in know, no. it's in the graveyard forever now. It's in the graveyard. Yeah. or you decide to exile it for some cost, and that's you know even tougher to get back. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So okay, well, in this question here with Tuk, I mean, he's you know I, there is a a slight slightly incorrect thing here, and that is that he says it triggers upon entering its owner's graveyard. Well, that's the triggering condition, right. but it's actually triggering from the battlefield, right? Um, and that's because it says when it's put into a graveyard from the battlefield. Um, Otherwise, it would be saying, you know, from anywhere. Like Emrakul the Aeon's Torn says, from anywhere. Um, Then it's actually triggering from the graveyard. And so in the graveyard, whoever controls that graveyard controls that trigger and and gets to do whatever it is that the trigger will do. But in this case, whoever controls the trigger, that is, whoever controls Tuk-Tuk the Explorer, when it leaves the battlefield and goes to the graveyard, is the person who's going to get the 5-5 Tuk-Tuk the Returned giant Artifact creature token thing. Yeah, I don't,
1: I don't like cool. this rule. I don't like that they're different.
0: The from triggering from the graveyard and triggering from the battlefield. Yeah. Does it bother you guys it, a little it, bit? But yeah. I can also understand why it why it happens sure. because I mean, there's no way that I can you know know that it's going from for instance if I'm milling my Emrakul the Aeon's Torn, you know, it's it's in a hidden zone going straight to the graveyard and triggering from a hidden zone. Right. Doesn't make any sense. That's why it has to trigger.
2: From the right. Graveyard. Yeah. And that's, that's a, uh, that's a rule that if, if the card is in a hidden zone, anything that would trigger doesn't.
0: Right. So that's the, that's, that's the paradox that you're stuck with.
2: Yeah. I just feel like similar things should be similar.
0: Hmm. Yes, they should They that you'd think they would work the same way. Um, but also does it I mean can you think of an instance where this actually changes the outcome of an interaction where something triggers from the graveyard and because oh, of that Oh don't
1: ask that question someone will send in some ridiculous Please
2: thing. send no, something ridiculous no. <laughs> oh,
0: So think, so if you can think of an interaction that where this difference between triggering from the triggering from the graveyard versus triggering from the battlefield where that difference matters for the same sort of interaction we're not talking about um you know some it, it, for instance, if you can think of something that would go to the graveyard and you know because you don't shuffle it anymore because you don't control it anymore, you don't shuffle it I, I can't even think of the right way to word
2: the way that would actually come up but i I can't even think of a card where this this would be you know maybe something like uh you know grinning totem or something you know that's that's all I can think of
0: no maybe okay well good then then Well, do we want to move on to our contest? Because we had a couple stories come in, and I think I wanted to probably award somebody a draft set. That you will never send? I will send them. Did I tell you? I told you guys this before the show, but I'll say it again. I've really tried to mail the draft sets. And And when did you try to mail them? On May 31st. Oh. I went to the post office, bag of packs in hand with addresses, Walked up to the door of the post office and oh, no. on May thirty first, on were, Memorial
2: Day, uh, a yeah. federal holiday. Uh huh. Yeah. Mm. And were,
1: surprise, surprise, the government building was closed.
2: <laughs> you know, uh-huh. you know what he was saying too. He's like, "I don't have work today. I get, Sweet, I can <laughs> <really>? run errands."
0: <laughs> no, it wasn't just that. Like, like, my sister's getting married in July, and I need to get a passport so I can go up to Montreal for part of the like the time that we're out there. Well, for that I need a passport. Huh. Yeah, for that I need. When's the there. wedding? Uh, middle of July. I'll probably just won't go to Montreal for the time there. But uh, at this point, you know what it else is in Montreal? What's, what's, what's what else is in Montreal? The middle of
1: July. In the middle of July. What else? Canadian nationals. Oh, actually, I think it's maybe like twenty fourth. Oh, that's I, that's after that's the week after I'm up there. But we'll uh, just uh, stay up there for an extra week. Oh, maybe. Probably not,
0: <laughs> Um, but anyway, yeah. If I, only I, your sister were better at planning her
2: wedding day. I'll let uh, you know. Planning when you her said wedding that. <laughs> day around magic.
0: Megan, if you're at all, somehow you Googled my name and found this podcast because you don't play magic. Um, sorry about that. So, okay. So, anyway, yeah. I will I mail you a draft set if you win the contest. I promise. I've got them all sitting there. And as soon as I can get to a post office when they're not closed, I'll do it.
1: What is mm-hmm. it with Canadians
0: and their wedding dates?
1: Well, my what? sister's not
0: Canadian. She's getting married in Vermont, but oh. you, know, you want to travel to Can? I mean, you're, you're so close to Canada then you just drive oh. to Canada.
1: Well, yeah, that, that's what I was planning, was to fly to Vermont and then drive to Montreal. Oh, really? Well, flying into Montreal is expensive uh-huh. because of the international travel. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I think okay. I'm
0: better off renting a car. Well, let's talk about the two stories that we have to talk about, then, that people sent in and asked us to, uh, to, you know, see if they could win a draft set of Shard's Block.
1: Which, by the time Sean sends out, will be out of standard. <laughs> okay, that's There are enough. many
2: extended bombs in, in Shard's of Alara Block, you know? <sighs> that's a Night of the Reliquary. Alright.
1: <clears throat> so glad I handed off that task.
0: so this story comes to us from a regular listener his name's heath he's from missouri um a couple of weeks ago he was from boston (laughs) wasn't he the one he might have been the one but he's really from missouri no the guy that was from boston was really from pittsburgh oh okay (laughs) so all right now i'm confused what's a missouri what's a missouri accent I'm not even going to try You know, actually, I hear that in the Midwest there, they actually have a lot of call centers because people don't have accents.
1: I thought Californians were the ones that didn't have
2: accents. Yeah. I, th- I think it's okay, in, well, in Missouri. Dude. dude
1: yeah.
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> like, we totally have you coming. So, this
0: comes Hella. from Heath. Hella, um, and yeah. to re- refresh your memory on what this, what this contest was, we asked people, to tells us a, a story about uh, a T.O. doing something unexpected. A TO really or TO or a judge doing something really unexpected that made them you know change the way they they think about the game or the way that they they appreciate the game. So Heath says a couple of weeks ago, the shop I play at had a WPN Open qualifier, but it was more than just that. Our TO, his name is Phil, did it as a no entry fee tournament. What? What? But he went further. For each person who gave the money, (laughs) for each person who played in it he donated $5 to Breast Cancer Research. Oh. And they had 32 people show up for this tournament. So on his own, he gave $160. Sweet. And then he added all the donations because he accepted donations for other people also. So at the end of the day, they sent over over, well over $200 for Breast Cancer Research and also got this 32-person WPN Open qualifier to play in. So he thought that was awesome um, and wants to give a shout-out to... The To, which is Thompson Productions in Warrensburg, Missouri, um, and he, there's your shout out. Um, so that's that's a pretty cool thing.
2: That that is awesome. That you is know? awesome.
0: And, and we've done similar tournaments like this um, around here, though uh, not with this kind of success. And hopefully, in the future, they'll be more successful. I had success. I
1: believe I top eight at our last charity tournament.
0: What was it, what was the last charity tournament you were a part of?
1: Uh, we did something for like a
0: food bank. Right for last, Thanksgiving.
1: Yeah.
0: And and I think there were a whole bunch of different judges that all did a, a food bank type tournament um, this last you know fall around Thanksgiving, uh, called it Doing Against Hunger or Mana Pool or whatever we wanted to call it there, um, and that's something that hopefully you know as you know fall comes around in a few months here. Why wait?
1: First, that's fair. Why wait? People are hungry on days other than Thanksgiving.
0: Yes, they yes, are. Yes, they are. Okay well i'm hungry (laughs) actually let's have a charity tournament for jose's (laughs) hunger (laughs) actually i'll just go by jose a cheeseburger um actually that's a great idea and uh jose seems to actually be quite the organizer so maybe we should hand this off to him
2: yeah that's that sounds like a lot of fun Uh, i think that marrying uh magic tournaments to charities is is just one of the best things you can do i I, because i applaud uh, uh phil over there for for uh Uh, you know, putting his money where his mouth is and, and providing a fun environment for other people. Mm -hmm. And obviously they gave, uh, uh, to the cause as well. So,
0: okay. Very very cool. Good, good. Well, so we have, we have that. Um, and now we have a different story here too. So we're going to figure out the details on a charity tournament for, for you to be the TO for Jose. But right now we'll go on to our second story and we'll figure out who to give the draft set off, off to here. Um, this comes uh, from someone we're just going to call Poisonfly. That's mean. Well, that's... that's Let's yes. just call yes. them
2: Bane Wasp.
0: He asked us not to use his real name. Bane Wasp. Okay, we'll call him Bane Wasp. <laughs> anyway. At my local card store, there's a fairly consistent group of players, and one of them is a judge. Now, they're all in college... And we're all reasonably intelligent and fairly good grasp on the rules. The judge decided he needed a way to explain things to us so we could understand them and apply them in similar situations. And so we would stop pestering him with stupid <laughs> corner case scenarios.: So <laughs> Yes, please stop pestering me.: <laughs> yeah.
2: So, so judges, judges don't like that, except Ricky.
0: Corner cases are, are fun. No, I mean I'm, if they I'm make I'm your totally head kidding. explode and make you think that's okay, though.
2: I, I, this game no can't do that. No more,
1: Panglacial Worm
0: Tokens. <laughs> should we go into what the Panglacial Worm Token is, or should I finish reading the story? Where should Finish we go your story. Pan- okay, finish the story. Then we'll go back into pan- Panglacial Worm no, Token. No, you will forget. <laughs> <laughs> now I'll have to cut this part out. So, what this judge did was he found out what each of us was studying in college, and told us to go home and read the comp rules... And make a list of everything that we didn't get, everything. And then, Jesus, <laughs> what? and then this judge would attempt to explain it to us in terms that you could, we could understand. So, for example, I was having trouble with understanding if my opponent unearths his cataract Leviathan and then momentarily blinks it. You know, why doesn't it get exiled at the beginning of his end step because of the unearth trigger? You know why? Mm-hmm. And you know it's a completely new object. And how does that work? Or why the replacement effect of you know, doesn't happen? Um, anyway, he ended up explaining it to me in terms of object-oriented computer programming because that's what this person here is studying. Um, he gave other various examples, you know, of, of other ways to explain it. So, if you're a poli sci major, he'll explain it to you in those terms. If you're a, you know,
1: really, how would you explain the rules to me in history terms?
0: Well, that's, I need a
1: specific a,
2: example. Um, well, do you want to take Keter- the
0: *Categorical Leviathan* and, and *Momentary Blinks*? please. Yeah.
2: Explain to me. So Keteric Leviathan is Napoleon. No, no, no,
0: no. no. no Leviathan is not Napoleon. Napoleon is much shorter than Keteric Catar- Leviathan. Um, let's see here.
1: Well, maybe this could be the next contest.
0: Okay, you know what? That's not a, that.
2: Oh uh, I, I don't, That's a
0: terrible contest. I'm, <laughs> gonna, I'm gonna get so many
2: random answers. Let's Well, you know, um, we, we had we had an entry for my fake contest, actually.
0: Right. Well we'll get to that fake entry to your fake contest also.
2: Um Okay. That's what happens when you have the least it's amount of fake. judge level. Okay, so, so so
0: this so this one player explained okay, let's just leave his story as it is. And we have another story also. Okay. Okay.
1: Wait, so that's it for his story? That's,
0: that's it. They're just explaining, a judge taking the time to explain the rules in terms that players are used to from their Why, studies. In
2: college. I, I, I'll tell you, that sounds more like a, uh, a judge taking the time to give, play- it sounds like the players taking the time to read the comp rules. That's what it sounds like <laughs> to me. This judge somehow conned the players to reading the comp rules in their entirety mm. while they're in college with other actual assignments. Right, That's, right, you know this guy must be like you know quite quite the uh charismatic speaker,
0: okay, well, now let's go on to this other question, or this other story then, um, and this is actually harkening back to your mention of of the thieves um at the Grand Prix in Denver,
1: oh dear. I heard there were some
0: more thieves in DC. I heard that also. But that they were caught on site. I heard that too, that they were caught. Uh, somebody had a laptop stolen and a whole bunch of other stuff, but it all oh. got recovered. Yeah, whole Take bunch that! Of stuff got recovered. All you villainous thieves. That's right. Ricky's shaking his fist at you now. now he, okay, now he's shaking his fist. So... Your brief mention, Ricky, of the thieves being stopped by a judge reminded this listener of a similar incident at his local store where he lives. Um, in his area, there are only about five card stores, and there's really limited card supply. So often, these stores keep really good relations between each other. And if they don't have, if one store doesn't have something and somebody's looking for it, they'll refer them to these other stores. So they're they're competitors, but they're friendly competitors. Wow! I wish more stores were like that. Totally. That yeah. You know, stores in our area here are pretty cutthroat with one another. Yeah. Where some of them, if you mention the name of another store, like you get asked to leave. Um, it's it, it that's gets pretty, harsh. It is harsh. It is because you're like, well, they sell it for three dollars less at blah 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 store, and they're like, well, go get it there. Adios, out of my store, you know. But here, anyway, um, wow. at this listener's area, sounds like the stores
2: are actually pretty. What happens gray. if you mention something of you saw online? <laughs> <laughs> you know Ugh. the uh, channel uh, Star City uh, sells this for a uh, dollar less than this place. Oh yeah, we'll go to Virginia. Get out of here. Maybe well, that's what happened with uh, uh-huh, you know,
0: uh huh, with Ricky Head now. Um. So anyway, the, the stores are friendly, and this listener was in the store playing some EDH, and. The topic of discussion was that a whole bunch of cards had been stolen. Legacy staples, foil plans, walkers, things that are pretty atypical.
2: Mm.
0: And they'd been stolen from a store across town. And it was a fairly quiet place in the middle of the week. They're in the middle of their game, and somebody walks in and says, you know, I'm, I've got these cards to sell. And the store owner looks at the cards and says, oh, well, you know, I don't have any cash on hand to buy these right now, but I know one of my top customers who would be very interested in buying some of these. Let me call him, and he only lives a little ways away. He'll be right here. So about five minutes later, looks up again at the counter, and a man in a suit walks in the store. The owner greets him, points out the the guys that are trying to sell the cards, and they are arrested.
2: Yes! <laughs> wow. Right, because they were aliens, and these were the men in black guys. Right, exactly, exactly.
0: What so they were? No. no, no, not in the Is that water. a guy no. in a suit? Yeah. So it's basically yeah. They they all all these guys get arrested, um, and of course it's more exciting in person than than telling this third hand here. But um, that's a pretty interesting sort of story. Seeing a bunch of people get arrested, and we've actually we have an arrest story from one of our PTQs also, Ricky. Yes, we do where we had one person who uh, was taken away from the venue in handcuffs. Was I at this PTQ? You were not at this PTQ. Oh, it man. down in San like, Jose. Two years ago. Yeah, oh. well, that's, again, last time I played in the PTQ. or Actually, I was judging this one. Um, but, yeah, he's the guy was taken away from the, uh, actually, that was the PTQ where I was certified. No, it wasn't. I think that might have been a PTQ where I had level 2 That's what it was. That was the PTQ where you level 2'd. Um, so anyway, there's, uh, you know, basically some cops walk into the venue and ask for player blah, 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 you know, Joe Smith. Okay. Well, they, they, you know, we say, well, we've got the standings. Man, Sean
1: remembers his name. Yeah. You
0: know, we've got the standings for it right here and the pairings for this round. Joe Smith's over at table, you know, 55, let's go walk over and, you know, they walk over to him and they say, you're, you're under arrest and you need to come with us. <laughs> And they, they cuff him and walk him
2: out of the venue. So so what happened?
0: Um, well, the, the story that got trickled down was that he had um, a dispute with his parents over being able to use the car to go to the venue,
2: oh. go to the PTQ. So he stole his parents' car.
0: So he stole his parents' car. Now, it, granted, it's – He's an older guy. He's maybe in his thirties because Ooh, his okay. son is also playing. <laughs> yes, <laughs> and his son
2: uh, a was few <laughs> rounds later. It's like, how am I getting home? <laughs> <laughs> what, what? <laughs> Grandma? Can I get a ride? I know Dad uh, stole the car, but well, the car's still parked at the lot too. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but yeah, that was that was an awkward awkward time. Um, so we've got these three stories then. Uh, the local judge, you know, going through the the rules, saying, you know, go read the comp rules, and I'll I'll explain them to you in ways you can understand. Uh, the arrest story here, um, and then also the the WPN Open qualifier, um, WPN Championship qualifier with the uh, breast cancer charity tournament here. So, which of those stories do you think should win our uh, win our prize here?
2: I vote for the charity tournament. Hmm. I would, like to, I, I would like to I would like to support Me too. more people to do that.
0: Okay. Well, it looks like we're all in agreement here. I think the charity tournament. Um of course, these this, were, is, these is, were, this is the guy talking about the charity tournament. Yeah, so
2: you're he really he, well, is, but he's, he he also a ran a to charity too, is, tournament Sean did.
0: Well, yeah, I ran one, but I mean that's that's I'm not getting the draft set here. The guy is actually, you know, talking about the draft, talking about the charity tournament, but at the same time, um you know, even though we're not rewarding the person who actually that's what I'll do. Is I will send, uh, I will send the person Heath here in Missouri. I will send you two draft sets, and I want you to give one of the draft sets to the organizer of the charity tournament.
2: Oh, good idea. Okay,
0: and then you keep one other one. And This is also a way that we can get rid of more shards draft sets and get into other product if we want to get rid. of You that know, instead.
2: if Ricky wants to get rid of draft draft sets packs. <laughs> He can just give them away to you. <laughs> yeah, sure, I can. I can use them as prize for tournaments. Okay. Okay. Well, good. The, then the me... last, the last uh, uh, um, PTQ that I that I judged, I, I got compensated to the tune of like five. Packs not, not enough. Not enough for all your work. Well, hopefully that'll change now. You, now
0: you're certified, at, it dated better. So, okay. Let's go on. So that's, that's our contest. Congratulations, Heath. Ta-da, you win. And hopefully you'll be able to give this other draft set off to person there.
2: To fill the TO. Right. Good
0: job, Phil. Of course, what does a TO need with another draft set? But we'll see. Draft sets are always fun to have. Okay. So we have now a couple other emails that came in from listeners. Um, and one is from a fellow judge. And uh, this is her. What did we get wrong now? It's not because <laughs> we got something wrong. We kind of ignored a question, and she decided to actually give us a real answer to it.
2: Oh yeah, yeah.
0: Um, and this is Charlotte. Charlotte Sable. I didn't ignore a
1: question. She well, simply threw my arms up in the air. Okay, well that's that's good
0: enough for not really answering it. But um, <laughs> I was fully aware that the question was existent. So Charlotte wants to actually answer the question about eye of the storm ricky i'll say it again eye of the storm flail, yeah, sleeves at you okay and actually she words this kind of cheekily here and uh, she's a canadian so you know canadians can be cheeky that's fine I and mean, she's from guelph in ontario
2: just, Gesundheit. Just did, did you have to look that up?
0: Yes, we had to look up how to actually pronounce Guelph, but it's pronounced Guelph. So
2: I, I thought I thought it was uh, you know sort of French. So I thought it was Gua. <laughs> <laughs> Let's no. see. I probably would have pronounced it gulp.
0: She she actually did say that you know since none of you could seem to answer this question, I figured I would send you the correct answer.
2: See, that's that's like taking a jab, you know. If 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 people want to sit here and listen to us go, hmm, well, app nap order. Oh, three, you know. If they want to listen to that, you know, they can let us know. But I think that, you know, I think Ricky did not want to Well, that one guy did want less banter, so.
0: Right, well, and also, I think, in all honesty, the person who asked the initial Eye of the Storm question, uh, for those of you who don't remember, it was Eye of the Storm, Warp World, oh. <laughs> Warp World, Eye of the Storm, and... Uh, and now you're and, just listing. And, 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 no, I'm not. And Cast Through Time. Anyway,
2: it, it, all those really... Um, and Hive
0: Mind. And Hive Mind,
2: right. Um, Cast Through Time was the red herring.
0: Right, Cast Through Time, Hive Mind, Warp World, and uh, Eye of the Storm. Well, let's go through that step by step, just because we can.
1: Yeah, just because you have the answer printed up in front of you.
0: Well, and you know, I, I actually I told Charlotte I would I would actually read all three of her emails as one. Three?
2: She, she sent us three emails. She she desperately wanted us to know that she had the answer.
0: Well, but she, she had the answer. <laughs> but then it has some some things that matter in terms of the order stacking. Okay. If you control. It, so basically, she she wrote us one answer and then thought about it more and said, well. Actually, it can also happen this way and this way too. So she sent us three emails, which was, I think, really thorough of her.
2: Yeah, no, and and I like people to write in like this. Just that, you know, that, that first sentence, like we, we didn't know the answer. It really was just like... We didn't want to talk through. Well,
0: but but that also, uh, I mean,
2: think of how long it took her to write these emails, all three of them. (laughs) Right, but then we could have been talking about other stuff. Because
0: we should clarify for our listeners here: we don't sit down and read the questions ahead of time and discuss what we should answer, and then talk about it and be like, okay, well, we should answer it this way, and this is how this works out. We don't do that normally, you know. I mean, we'll answer the questions via email sometime in the week but we don't necessarily go through beforehand and discuss the questions before you actually hear the recording of them. So really a lot of this is done on the fly uh, without the chance to go back and edit it aside from cutting that part out.
2: Which obviously <laughs> never happens. Sure.
0: So as stated in the question, all three enchantments and the board world... I think if you
1: really want to ask questions like this, you should be forced to play with the deck in the tournament. Then you can ask your question.
2: Yeah. I don't know I, how many Humility, Opalescence, Night of Souls Betrayals questions. More more than there are copies of
0: Humility the, and Opalescence.
2: <laughs> I'm sure.
0: Okay. So, as stated in the question, all three enchantments and the Warp World have the same controller. We're also assuming that no other... <laughs> <sighs> Ricky, stop snoring. Okay. We're also assuming that no other cards are exiled by Eye of the Storm, and it's just a two-player game. So, first of all, cast through time, as Jose I, mentioned, why are we
1: assuming all that?
0: Because that's an assumption to make. I mean, we we can get into why you know what happens different if we don't assume those things, but that sounds like the most likely answer. So, first off, Jose mentioned that cast through time is irrelevant and, and it does nothing because rebound only works. If the ca- spell is cast from the hand and the original Warp World is being exiled by Eye of the Storm, Son of a. So it never resolves and doesn't have rebound and doesn't. The rebound doesn't work at all for it.
2: So. That's what, that's what Eye of the Storm does. It'll remove it from the game so the original spell never resolves. Right. Exiled, it exiles the actual spell and then makes
0: copies. So first, cast Warp World, Eye of the Storm, and Hivemind both trigger, and you put their ability abilities on the stack. And things play out differently with each order. If Hivemind's trigger resolves first, then it'll create a copy of Warp World for your opponent, Um, and then this copy will resolve, shuffling all three enchantments into your library. Then I have the Storm trigger resolves, exiling Warp World, creating a copy of it, which we presume you cast. Then the copy resolves. So you've got two copies of Warp World resolved, not the six that Ricky said. Oh, my head. Now, now, if you stack Eye of the Storm's trigger first above the Warp World trigger, that trigger resolves, exiling Warp World and allowing you to cast a copy of it. Casting this copy causes Hive Mind to trigger again. Hive Mind creates a copy of Warp World for your opponent. The opponent's copy resolves and shuffles all the enchantments, and then your Eye of the Storm trigger... Oh, you're sorry. Your Eye of the Storm copy resolves. Then the Hive Mind trigger resolves, creating a copy of Warp World again for your opponent, which then resolves. So the net result, if you stack it that way, is three copies of Warp World resolving. Still not the six that you mentioned.
2: But if you multiply two and three, yes. maybe Ricky in some arcane way came up with the answer.
0: Well, there actually is another Like numerology answer. style. Forty-seven. The answer is forty-two. So it, the thing is that there's there's another quirk with this, and that is that if you're in the middle of resolving a warp world with another one that hasn't been cast yet, because the Eye of the Storm trigger hasn't resolved yet, mm-hmm. if you flip over a Hive Mind or multiple copies of Hive Mind, and you haven't cast the copy from the original Eye of the Storm trigger then when you cast that copy, it'll trigger again for each hive mind influx. Oh, no! <laughs> then your head
2: explodes. Oh,
0: right. no, the answer is infinite. The answer is maybe infinite if you do it right. Oh. Um, of
2: course not. Make, make it stop. <laughs> you, could, you could totally do this. You can totally do this with something like, um, what's that stupid card? Mirror, oh. Mirror of Fate. Oh, my goodness, you could. You, you could, could just leave or for... Day. Or Doomsday, yeah, yes. but that's a good card. Um, <laughs> yeah, you know, it, and Doomsday has single handedly made Sheldock Isle a good card, too. Right, right. Um, no, uh, yeah. Mirror of Fate. Mirror of right. Fate's
0: a permanent. It is a permanent, which means it'll get shuffled in also.
2: Yes, and you can reveal it. And you can, yeah, okay, we're
0: done with this question. Do not send us anything more having to do with Eye of the Storm. I'm fed up with this just as mo- not nearly as much as Ricky is. But I am fed up with it. This is your Eye of the Storm question when it comes in next time. Okay. That's the sound of your Eye of the Storm question hitting our inbox.
2: (laughs) So we have to pick a new one. The
0: inbox
1: is your mouth?
0: (laughs) You just (sighs) ate that piece of paper. It's amazing. He's hungry, too. So we're done with Eye of the Storm. We're done with Warp World. I was done last time.
1: (laughs) Time before, I think. If only you had listened.
0: Well, I think we're also done with this episode. Did we have anything else? What happened to the, the <gasps> fake oh, contest? that's right. That's right. The fake contest. Okay. I'm the only
2: one that cares about this. <laughs> and well, I told man. this guy that that his answer would make it to the show. So.
0: Oh. <sighs> well, okay. Why don't I have you read it? I'm tired of reading.
2: But you, you have such a lovely voice. Okay. So uh, Contest. Yeah, it was, it was a fake contest. I basically wanted to see actual ridiculous game states, Ugh. and and now we have that that either the, the Hivemind Mind deck, uh-huh. the uh, Mirror. Of I'm gonna Fade have to Warped build Pearl. that and play it against Tricky,
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> just to go infinite with World. Well, we have a we have a going away
0: party for him up here in Northern California, um, sometime in early July, and I think as a special parting gift, I will build that deck and and let him take it with him to Virginia.
2: That's probably it. Oh so wow! So he can. Uh, so <laughs> I can sell it. <laughs> I don't think they'd actually so, buy much, the so many hot rares right. in it, you know. High mind, 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 Warp World, Mirror Fate—they're fate. Yeah, all like a quarter. <laughs> right? You can you build a deck for? A buck fifty and a piece of gum.
1: What do you give me for this deck, Ben Blywise? <laughs> we'll
2: or give Q. you a kick in the nuts, Mikey. That's what he'll say. No, that's <laughs> that's, that's, say, that's after. Uh, I will give
0: play. you your old job back. Go back to California. <laughs>
2: So well, you're gonna read
0: this question then for uh, us? I would
2: I would love to if you printed out who sent it. Uh, the person who sent it. Oh wait, you only have half the story. That's yeah. why. <laughs> what? How long is this? No, hey. it's not long. It's just like all the all the cards that uh, the reader provided. The card. oh, here's the, okay. It's um from reader. Neil. I keep
0: calling them readers. Uh, the listener is Neil in Calgary.
2: Ah, yeah, Neil so in another Calgary? another Canadian. Oh no, That's those right. are the people that listen to us, and I love Canada.
0: I, I do, but Ricky's starting to blame Canada now.
1: What do you mean? I'm going potentially to Canadian Nationals. <laughs> that was a reference. And not yeah. U.S. Nationals.
0: I'm not going to U.S. Nationals either. I'm going to Denver. Yeah. That's where all the cool kids will be.
2: That's right. I'm going to Denver. Tim Bowers after. will be there. So, okay, okay. here's a here's okay. a scenario. There's a three-player game, and the, the, the listener has some uh, store rules here. Uh, that because uh, I have a notorious hate for three-player games.
0: Mm-hmm. What? Why?
2: Because it's always two people ganging up on one. So? It always degenerates into Don't that. you want to play Arch Enemy in a couple weeks here? I do, because I can do things like destroy all your stuff with my schemes. But in a normal three-player game, my schemes are smaller and made of, you know, they have magic card backs on them and do not stand up nearly as well. I to, think we just need to build better decks, Jose. I build decks like that Hive mind deck. That sounds fun. I think we found Sean's deck for the PTQ. <laughs> that, I have I have this standard deck that I'm dying to it, test out against a good deck. Oh, know? but Warp World is not in. No, M- Warp World is an M10. An M10,
1: yeah, yeah, it
0: is. Oh, Sean's playing this deck. <laughs> this this deck is standard legal. Actually, you know what? It's an M10 block deck. <laughs> <laughs> no but you want other stuff like holy <laughs> crap it is m10 it, m10 has hive mind it has warp world and it has mirror of faith
2: that is amazing
0: no yeah. but you want other stuff like awakening zone actually you know this is all moot um because eye of the storm is only printed in ravnica oh
2: that's true yeah yeah but you don't do, do you, you really need it you need hive mind really the
0: one that you need well, is no, the, the thing that matters is that when Eye of the Storm's trigger is still on the stack and hasn't resolved exiling the Warp World, then you still have more Warp Worlds that are going to be cast. So more copies of Hivemind matter.
2: No, yeah, but that, that actually, no, because Hivemind is going to create two Warp Worlds. And once one resolves, it'll flip over Hivemind. So when the second one is cast, each other player casts one. So it's like a chain. No, but Mind just copies the spell.
0: It doesn't make you cast the spell. Oh. Eye of the Storm makes you cast the copy. That's the difference. Oh,
2: right, right. Yeah.
0: And that's actually, it's actually, wow, we actually have a useful rules nugget in here for, <laughs> for our listeners. And that is that there's a difference between copying a spell and casting a copy of a right. spell.
2: You're not not—you're not going to go infinite just copying it and throwing it on the spell. Right.
0: You need to cast it. Otherwise, it would go infinite automatically.
2: Right. And your opponent's not going to gonna help it. you out by casting their Eye of the Storm Warp World, I doubt. Right. So it's all up to you. Okay. So now now
0: with that out of the way, let's get back to your ridiculous. So you're not going to play the deck? I'm, it, there isn't a deck to play. You can't uh, play. I mean, I could play it. It'd be an illegal deck and I'd get booted from the tournament pretty dang quickly. Or I'd be finding myself playing with four more islands than I wanted.
1: <laughs> you could try to win your first match. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I, actually, I'm more likely that a Goblin Guide on turn one would kill me. So, yeah, that's, that's probably what would happen.
2: I hate that guy. Three-player game, uh, a house rule that they had is you must attack the highest life, which is a good idea. I like that idea. Uh, combat or direct damage. So you could mm. only do that to the player with the highest life. Um, Neil's at one life. Carl and Josh are each at ten. Uh, the player to his right has a hypergenesis suspended with one counter. Carl starts his turn and casts Hypergenesis. Uh, they go through the table multiple times, dropping permanents like uh, Carl had a Blitz Simeon Spirit Guide, uh, Neil put down Grave Pact, two Doubling Seasons, you can already see this is going crazy, and Deathbringer Thoktar, and Josh puts down Vampire Lacerator. Uh, Josh and Carl have basically ignored <laughs> Neil.
1: which? which I how do you ignore? <laughs> lacerator.
2: Yeah. <laughs> Sounds like Josh got the short end of that. Hypergenesis, one card in hand. Lacerator. So they, they – it also mentions that Neil had a dark confidant that was about to kill him too. Right. So and
0: he's the one at one. So everybody looks at him and says, right, well, you're going to die anyway. So let's just focus on each other.
2: Right. Well, they can't do anything else. Yeah. Right. They can't actually uh, target him. Um, so yeah. So that's a game state. Uh, and uh, Carl attacks Josh with Blitzelion. Josh blocks with his vampire. So that means that a creature dies. That means that a creature dies. And Willy Thoktar,
0: not Willy Thoktar, Death Deathbringer Thoktar gets how many
2: tokens? Uh, he uh, how many uh, counters? Yeah, he gets four
0: because two doubling seasons.
2: Two doubling seasons. Okay, double of a double. Mm-hmm. So, um, so at that point, uh, Neil notices that hey, he can use Deathbringer Thoctar to kill his uh, d- uh, um, dark confidant. So now, Deathbringer Thoktar has seven counters on him. So yeah, exactly. So now it has seven. So now he's like, hmm. There's a simian spirit guide on the board too, right? So you remove two counters,
0: and you get four more counters.
2: Mm-hmm. And uh, he looks at his own board, and there's three birds of paradise. <laughs> so each of those is a net of
0: three more counters.
2: Long story short, Deathbringer Thoktar lived up to its name. Uh-huh. Absolutely. So I thought that was cool. Nice. Nice. See, and this actually happened. It's good well, stuff. you know,
0: I've, I've won games. I've won ADH games with Deathbringer
2: Thoktar before. It's a pretty awesome you card. You beat me with Deathbringer Thoktar. You beat an entire table. I You're remember. I'm scarred. Uh-huh. It's a fun card. It's a fun card. Yeah. A fun card. Crushed, well, it
0: goes in into Crash the blood braided deck. Absolutely. It's where it belongs. You want to so know what's a dumb question?
1: What? The Doubling Season Opalescence Followed Footsteps question. <laughs> for some reason this pops up on forums maybe like once every two months and it's like after like five turns how many doubling seasons do i have And it's this ridiculous like two. number two to the
0: 200th power or
2: something no it, it's bigger than that it's pretty it's difficult.
0: actually um yeah in fact uh we we got asked that question what? also. <laughs> no, but I didn't. I didn't actually put it on the on today's list of things to talk about because it's something we'd already talked about with Toby. Um, where he said, you know, basically the difference between an infinite combo and a actual finite real number, but also recursive and giant. Right. But it's actually a finite number. Right. So say somebody picks a billion billion for the number of times that they're going to you know gain life from their elf combo. And they say, "I'm going to a Googleplex times a Googleplex, that's the number I've got, right? That's how much life I've got. And this other person has this followed footsteps opalescence doubling season. Well, at what point does the followed footsteps opalescence doubling season kill the billion billion Googleplex squared thing? And they actually need a number of turns because it matters because they're both running out of cards in the deck. That's the sound of my head exploding. (laughs) So I think Toby's answer at the time, and I think it would still apply today, is somebody just concede already. Somebody somebody say, you know what? Yeah, you got
2: this. Or vice versa. And that is why that Eye of the Storm Hivemind deck is so good because you just stop people from interrupting you while you're uh, solving your thing and just right. keep going until they scoop in frustration. Okay. Well, that that also sounds a lot like stalling. So don't be a dick either. No, but the idea of the deck is to. Yeah.
0: No, of course. But yeah, the idea. However, to- you should get ice cream.
2: That's a good idea.
1: I don't know. He, Jose said scoop in frustration and all of a sudden <laughs> I like could think it was ice cream.
0: Okay. Well, you're, we're at the hour mark here for our episode for the day you have anything else to add to this
1: i would just like to thank uh jmo for that excellent interview
0: oh
2: yeah absolutely <laughs> thanks, and the Jeff. plane ride <laughs> that was awesome
0: for all <laughs> of us here judge cast this is sean Catanese signing off i keep it fair
1: and ricky hayashi obviously i keep it fun
2: <laughs> and jose boveda i keep it real j-mobile <laughs> I, I wonder thanks for listening I wonder if he actually
1: feels his door. So, so does that mean his car? We should call it the J Mobile. (laughs) The J Mobile! (laughs) Yes! Got there. Return to dreams. It's over my head.